As the summer holidays approach, have you started thinking about how to protect your hard-earned money while traveling abroad? There are numerous hazards to be aware of, from pickpockets to sophisticated switch and bait scams and online scammers, just to name a few. But there are ways that you can protect your finances before and during your holiday, such as being prepared and having a plan B in place in case your financial security is compromised. Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is money expert Carol Glynn, the founder of Conscious Finance Coaching, who's here to give us her best tips on how to keep our money safe while traveling. But before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So you're a frequent traveler. Has there ever been a time that your finances were compromised while on holiday or for business? Thankfully, not my own, but I have worked with clients and no friends where it has happened, specifically while they were on holiday. Really? So what happened? Can you mention anything? So there was one case where the person didn't think anything until the next morning and they started seeing transactions going through their account. Sometimes it can happen a little bit later. It wasn't even immediate. And they're trying to work back to figure out as to what point was their card compromised. And when it's someone coming from a pretty safe place, let's say, for example. So here we're used to handing over our credit cards to people. They go off, they take it, they tap it, they give it back. And that was one case where someone gave their credit card and let it out of their view and it was probably skimmed copied while it was out of their view, given back, didn't think anything of it. And next thing, things start going through their credit card. Another case was they, because sometimes it can be very difficult to pinpoint, you know, at what, at what stage, if it's a mugging, for example, then, you know, your credit card has gone with someone or a pickpocket, your credit card goes with someone or your debit card or your cash. But another case was where it was pretty much certain that it was from a, an ATM machine, a bank machine, where there was obviously a device within the machine that was copying the card, could see how they typed in their PIN because they didn't protect themselves and cover their, their hand when they were doing the PIN, and they traced it back to potentially that case. So it's behaving in ways that, you know, expose their card, but what we traditionally might think are okay, but people took advantage of. Absolutely. That's that's a nightmare, especially when you're overseas, you know, and then you've got to cancel all the cards because they've been compromised. It's quite an expensive lesson to learn. While researching this podcast, I've come across a few tips and they recommend that you start preparing before you leave for your trip, such as telling your bank where you're going and how long for, you know, to avoid your card being blocked. But it's also worth your bank knowing exactly where you are in case something like this happens, you know, like what happened with your clients, for example. Yeah, definitely. Because the more you can protect yourself in advance, the better. Because it's like you said, it's a very expensive lesson to learn. It's time consuming. And that's when you're in your home country, in your own comfort zone. But if you're traveling in another country, then making those phone calls, feeling exposed that maybe you don't have access to a backup card, then and who to call, it's very, very stressful. So the more you can prepare yourself in advance, um, the better and more relaxed you can be on holiday. And yes, calling your bank in advance and saying, I'm going to be in this country or this location 
just so you know, because the banks can be vigilant, which is great. And they might block your card if they think it's a fraud, even though it's you using it because you're in a different country and there's a lot of transactions going through. Uh, I think also, so doing things like making note of your credit card information, taking photocopies of them and have them on your phone um, or have them with someone at home that can maybe email them to you if you need them. I wouldn't recommend bringing paper copies because if you lose them, you know, they could be used. Having the phone numbers that you need to call and as well, understanding your travel insurance in those cases. So how you can um, get access to funds if you need to. Sometimes your travel insurance will assist you with that. Um, having a backup as well. You know, not relying on just one form of sourcing money while you're away is also helpful in those emergency situations. Um, and so there is a few things that you can do to not only protect yourself, but also so that you're organized if it happens, because it happens. You know, we travel in different places all over the world. Um, unfortunately, it can just be part and parcel. And it happens even if we are super vigilant. One other thing actually you could do with your credit card to limit your risk is maybe consider reducing your credit limit before you go so that if anything does happen, the reduced credit limit will maximize, you know, it'll cap out your exposure. And what you can do is if you think you're going to spend more than that credit limit while you're away, ideally you have the cash anyway. So you can just, as you reach your limit, transfer cash, release more limit um, while you're away, if maybe you're away for a long period of time, but it helps, you know, reduce your exposure if a fraud does happen. Really good ideas there. And that's that just brings me to, you know, things like travel insurance and whatever. I would assume that it's also important that your choice of credit cards in particular is important for when you go on holiday, because you could also consider things like perks and benefits such as travel, rental car insurance, lost luggage reimbursements, etc. But, you know, sort of should you also have, for example, a prepaid card that has a few different currencies on it? Or could you consider both options, for example? So if we start with, you know, the prepaid card versus the credit card, then it really comes down to your personal preference and your own spending habits. Travel through, you know, my work with clients is often an area of exposure, if you want to say, or maybe an area of weakness where my clients have set aside an amount of money they believe they're going to spend on travel, but history tells them that actually it tends to be more. So having a prepaid card will help protect you from that because then you cannot spend more than you've assigned yourself. You're not creating credit because there's research shows that the average person when they go on um, a holiday, for example, and they put it all on their credit card, it takes on average five months to pay that back. So it's going to cost you more. It's hanging over you with the credit card bill. It's costing you an interest. And then you're five months later paying for something that you enjoyed, you know, is a distant memory at that point in time. If you have a prepaid card and especially a currency efficient one, there's lots of options out there where you can preload the card in the currency that you need. They tend to give preferential rates on exchange rates and therefore they can be more beneficial because exchange rates on credit cards tend to be on the more expensive side. So it is a way to as well optimize your cash by having them, you're protecting yourself, you're limiting your exposure to overspending and you have that security. However, the benefit of a credit card and why I personally do everything on my credit card 
is to maximize the benefits that a lot of them will give us. So the vast majority that I have seen, and again, this can depend on your jurisdiction and your bank, of course, and your actual credit card. So make sure you check the terms and conditions. The vast majority of them will give you travel insurance as part of your credit card agreement. A lot of people don't actually know that. But what I would say just to be aware of is it only applies if you pay for your trip using that credit card. So you need to pay for the flights using that actual credit card is usually a terms and condition of it. And you also want to check the the benefits of that um, travel insurance policy. Does it cover everything that you need? Because sometimes there can be extras like if you're doing adventure sports, things like that are unlikely to be covered. And what are your limits? And it's another way to protect yourself um, and be ready before you go is to download that travel document. So there will be a benefits sheet. There will be all of the information as to who to call, how to report, how they can assist you. Bring that with you, maybe print it out or have it saved in your phone where you can easily access bring it with you so that you understand if, you know, not just if your if your credit card is stolen, if anything else happens, what the benefits are of that. And then there's also a lot of credit cards give additional points benefits for overseas spend. So I think it's understanding all of that, what comes with your credit card, what are the benefits, what are the conditions, and then knowing your habits. You know, am I at risk here of overspending as, you know, travel in my experience tends to be where people overspend compared to what they wanted to spend versus, you know, the, the other benefits that you get from a prepaid debit card. And if we talk about a debit card in general, um, I wouldn't recommend using a debit card while you're traveling. I would always recommend a credit card or a prepaid card because the fraud protections with a debit card are significantly less than that what you get with your standard credit card. It's much easier to get the fraudulent transaction refunded back to you through a credit card than it is a debit card. And also with a debit card, if you have fraudulent transaction, it's your cash that they're taking. So it is even in that sense, a harder hit. You know, it's, it's more stressful and they tend to have a higher access when it comes to debit cards. So we mentioned briefly cash. I've also, you know, I think a lot of us are aware, or maybe not, um, you know, that it is more expensive, for example, to convert cash into another currency, say at the airport or even your hotel. I mean, it might be more convenient, but it, it is worth going to, um, you know, an exchange house before you leave for your holiday and and converting your, your money there. Very often, you know, my clients will say, oh, I just changed at the airport because I didn't have time beforehand. But they don't realize that the exchange houses at the airport take advantage of that location. You know, they have almost a monopoly. You know, I need the money um, and that's OK, but it will pay more. And also another consideration is sometimes people say, I'll just take it out when I get there. So they'll use their debit card to remove cash in the country they're in. And they're, that is even more expensive because you'll pay the transaction fee for taking it out from an overseas bank and you will pay a higher exchange fee. The best way to optimize your money is to do it in advance. So go to one of the exchanges in any of the malls and negotiate the best rate you can get and get your cash in advance. And that is by far the most cost efficient way to do it. Absolutely. And Still on cash, though, I'm just wondering, we've discussed a, you know, a backup credit card just in case something happens to your primary credit card. 
But is it also worth having some cash on you in case something like this happens and, you know, you can get yourself, you know, back to your hotel just by using cash or something like that rather than a, a credit card? I think a minimum amount of cash um, is always a good idea. And a lot of locations require cash. You know, we're not 100% cashless world yet anyway. So there is that, uh, you know, there is that need that we need to think about and plan for. But also, yes, just to have enough in your kind of back pocket so that worst case scenarios, you can pay for transport to your hotel. You can pay for food maybe for a day or two or any phone calls that you need to make. And it's that extra level of safety and assurance. But I would balance that out with, you don't want to do it all in cash because, you know, if cash gets stolen, it's it's effectively gone. You know, it's very difficult to claim that back on an insurance policy to prove how much it was. And um, it's certainly more higher risk. So enough to cover you in a, in a, in a crisis, but not too much that it's your own, also your only source of payment. We talked about, you know, some of your clients who had lost money on on their credit cards and things. There has been a rise in the use of, for example, radio frequency ID skimmers, which can steal credit and debit card information. I mean, you know, once there was a time when we only really had to worry about pickpockets and, you know, things like that. But it is modern technology these days. And, you know, everybody and, you know, fraudsters are thinking of new ways to, to take our money. Would you recommend that travellers use an RFID blocking wallet to protect their cards and bank accounts? I think that you know, keeping on top of all of these new scams and new ways is, it can be a lot sometimes. Um, and yeah, if, if we have a way that protects us, then I say absolutely go for it. And what I've seen, those wallets are not expensive from what I've seen, but I haven't researched it too much. Um, and it helps. And, and again, I think it comes back to understanding the location. You know, is it a common fraud in that area as well? So therefore, your higher risk, it's worth the investment of that kind of wallet. Anything that we can do to protect ourselves in that case, especially when we're traveling, when it has that extra layer of stress and vulnerability because we're outside our comfort zone, then I say, let's do it. Do you have any other safe money tips, though, to offer our listeners while they're traveling over the summer? I would say, you know, not necessarily a safety thing, but just limit your exposure, plan for it. If you think that you're going to, you're at risk of overspending, if you overspent in the past, then maybe look at having a cap on your credit limit or on doing a prepaid card. And then from a safety perspective, I think just be vigilant, you know, don't assume that everywhere is as safe as the UAE. You know, here we leave our wallets on tables and we wander away and turn our backs and we're very fortunate to live in that environment. But very few locations have that level of safety, unfortunately. So just be vigilant, you know, keep your handbag close, keep your wallet um, in your front pocket, not in your back pocket, because that's, you know, an age old um, advice, I guess, for not being pickpocketed. Never let your credit card or your debit card out of your sight. Um, and also, I would say, you know, don't display where you store things, whether it's your cash or you know, I've had a case before where someone, for example, did bring cash and they declared it to the reception of the hotel. They wanted the hotel to store the cash in their safe. The hotel said no, so they kept it in the room safe. And then they went out for the day and later that day, the safe was actually cracked open and stolen. So the cash was gone. So just being 
careful about who you disclose what you have to. Don't assume everyone is trustworthy, even in a case like that, where you would like to think the hotel staff would not share that kind of information, but maybe it was someone overheard the conversation, you know, wasn't necessarily the staff in that case. But just, yeah, being vigilant with displaying what you have so that you don't become an easy kind of target, I guess, would be another thing to consider. Thank you this week to Carol Glynn. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pf at thenationalnews.com. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favourite podcasting app to receive updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Dua Farid. And I've been your host, Felicity Glover.